Please listen carefully. I consistently forget oh, you're like two weeks or like one month younger than me. Well, you think I'm like 10 years <laughs> Yes. I'm like oh, a little baby with your teen acne. What's up, nerds? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. My name is Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And today, on this day, uh, where we're truly running out of ideas, we are going to be talking all about our cool side picks. So if you follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you might be aware that we went on a little, like, podcast vacation with each other last week. Uh, we found, like, a little cottage slash airbnb kind of thing a little bit outside of the city mostly because there was a giant pool and we needed some time not in the four walls of the city that we live in um so we just spent literally five glorious days getting cooked in the sun inside of a pool you two got cooked in the sun i did not get a sunburn Uh, i like that's your business i'd like to put that on record Merely because you did not get burnt doesn't mean you weren't cooked to a certain extent, all right? Yeah. You, you were gently shook. roasted. The whitest of us That's did not saying. get cooked. She was the most, um, re- like, religious with her sunscreen. That's true. That's we, true. Really, I... we really fell apart. But because of that, we were gone for a week and we did not record anything. And so now we need an episode to put out in two days. And so we decided that our theme today is going to be poolside picks. So these are all things that we read or watched while we were away on vacation that we want to talk about today. Uh, So let's go right away. I'm not going to lie to you. Not uh, terrible time management and has has to leave soon. So we are going to get this episode out and done. So Steph, what is your poolside pick? Instead of picking a new book like a normal person would, I reread a whole trilogy <laughs> over the course of my vacation. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, this is the series I tell everyone to read. But guess what? No one's read it. Maybe one person. In recent, in the past Hufs- two weeks. Hufs has read it. Has she read it all? She's read the whole thing, I think. She really liked it. Well, she, oh, she did. 2018. Okay two people will, are you are you stalking her on <laughs> i'm on goodreads i'm seeing who's, i look like who's you're following it. up to make sure like just <laughs> at count like to... shanice has read it elise has read it hafsa has read it and aurora has read it oh but nobody has read it but no one has gone beyond the first book which is a tragedy i mean i think that should say a lot i also want to say that like i actually don't know what you're about to pick because you were being super cagey <laughs> refusing to tell me what the series title was purely so i wouldn't get mad at you for technically picking three books Tec- you know what it's, it's gonna be considered one because in that ebook i read they were all together so an omnibus, it's the omnibus. what can you say <laughs> what can i say it was a box set anywho's I'm talking about the Lumetere Chronicles by Melina Marchetta, who is my ride or die. I love her. I read all her books by her. Uh, so the first book, okay. You're going to have to, you may hate the first book. And I don't know why. It's also great. It, set up, it sets you up for the next two books in the series, which just get better and better. But the first book, I'm going to read it off because it's complicated. And I have poor uh, recapping skills. Okay, Finnegan of the Rock. That's his name. 
<clears throat> and his guardian, Sir, to- Sir Topher, have not been home to their beloved Lumetere for 10 years, not since the dark days when the royal family was murdered and the kingdom put under a terrible curse. But then Finnegan is summoned to meet Evangeline, a young woman with an incredible claim, the heir to the throne of Lumetere, Prince Balthazar, is alive. Dun, dun, dun. And let's see, look at these two. They're not even paying attention to me as I read the synopsis, which tells me that they don't care about this book. But <laughs> I already know what the first one's about. I did you like don't. it, Matt? I did like it a lot. You can go see my rating. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. If you've read any fantasy book, you, you're immediately going to know the plot of this book. And then, unfortunately, you're also going to know the plot of book two. But that still doesn't mean you're not going to have a great reading experience because... Her writing is so excellent, you're not even going to care that you can guess what's going to happen in later chapters. That is my personal opinion. It's great. And you know what I've realized? I have a theme. I really like reunions, family reunions, (laughs) father-son reunions, childhood reunions, friend reunions. And, like, it's me. So, of course, there's a romance in these books. It's great. I also like really big families. So (laughs) I also, I don't know why. a weird combo. I don't know why. Imagine that nightmare scenario where it's, like, a really big family and a family reunion. Oh, gross. I, that's why I think she likes the big families, though, because the larger the family, the more opportunities Drama. for various reunions in the future. Like, it's not just the reunion of the entire family. It's the reunion of certain pairings. Like, I can, I, you know what? I'll give you. I can see that. Very I'm going to just to clarify. So in, so in the curse that they're talking about, when the synopsis I read, there's some people outside of the kingdom and there's some people stuck inside the kingdom. And some people don't know who's alive and who's dead. So you have that aspect of the story. And these kids were like maybe nine or 10. So now they're teens going wild, trying to get back into their home country. Ugh, it's so great. I, I read this series like once a year and I did it this year on my vacation. And, okay, people shit on, they don't shit on, they don't read the second book, and I don't know why. But I'm guessing because in the, so the second book follows Freud, um, who in the first book tries to rape our main character. And yeah. you're going to be like, that's, that's wild. And I'm like, I understand, I understand where you're coming from. But honestly, this is, this is why, like, I was just like, I can't, I don't know if I can read the next one. And it's, that's why I've been stuck. Like, I just cannot do it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, I, I understand. Oh, Steph, <laughs> should is he I? A bad guy? Is it he's, following he's, around no, a villain? No, he's like he's like a kid who's like been living on the streets. So only and a rapey kid. Yeah, let, let me finish. No, 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 no. He doesn't rape other people. The only so <laughs> when you have to say other and not just people, he hasn't. Ra- okay, he hasn't raped anyone at all. But he tried. He tried because should I be giving this away? I don't know. Should you read it? Mm, I mean, like, I'm probably still gonna read it. It's just not high on my list. But if you can convince me, <sighs> do it. Can I convince you? That's the thing. Okay, so basically he is a child living on the streets. To get money, he would sing on his streets and people and men would take him them back to his place and rape him. So in his mind, the only way to have power over someone else is to rape them. That is why he ch- attempts to do that to our main character in book one. He understands that it's bad. And in book two and three, you really get into his head and why, and like, he, he's like so ashamed of this. And like, that's a constant theme of him dealing with the fact that he was gonna do that to this person who eventually is like one of his best friends and family. I can see your face. I probably not explain this well, but you should be read so it. Do they, does he ever like, I don't know, I guess in like the second book, do they talk about it again? Yeah, okay. they do. 
him and the main character are like very close based on this yes christina i see you have a yes. question i have i have i mean okay so like i am the only person that has read none of the series at all I, you did tell me to read it once and i started and i just never picked it up again um but i didn't finish the first book but where already i'm like listen I, I understand what you're saying, like the character motivations that take someone to this place and then why you would choose to maybe have them be the character in the second book. But like, I'm already hung up on the idea that they eventually become friends because like, even if he, again, is not successful, but attempts to do this horrible thing. And then they talk, like, what is the role for her as the person in that story where like her attempted rapist, she then talks to later on learns to sympathize with and then becomes best friends with like I can again not having read it so I'm sure there's maybe nuance I'm missing because I, I do understand is that he? you're saying like it's a really good book okay, so, but that is first... very like mm. okay someone does something bad are they bad forever like could they have made a mistake based on what they've known in their past experience I think that's what the author was trying to explore like where what's the point where you can be like I did something bad but I'm going to be better and everything I'm going to do is be a better person which is the second book in this series <laughs> I think I think that's a fair question to sort of like pose but then where I came back to is the thing you were talking about where like okay fair question but the idea that like again when you attempt to rape somebody there's still like a victim of that you then become friends and become close and it's like oh it's cool I understand why you tried to rape me because you've been raped in the past we have common we have things in common like they, that to me like I'm like Mm, struggling to imagine that that's done in a very well done way where maybe you could tell the exact same story and perhaps not have that be the outcome but again haven't read any of the series and realistically probably i'm not going to <laughs> so, the, so the first book came out in 2010 and i'm think sorry 2008 i lied and i'm wondering if she would have made the same choice that she's doing now i still think it's an interesting concept i it's not going to turn me off from reading it but i'll reserve judgment for it but like i think this is like the whole, so I was reading another book and there was like a conversation about like people who are traumatized in their childhood and how they turn out as they get older or like yeah. as they grow up and like the choices that they make in, in the end, like sure their childhood traumatized them, but the choices that they made do matter. Like you can choose not to rape somebody or to kill somebody or to sell somebody as a slave. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the only thing is like those decisions that is in the first book and then you're later going to like discover how they moved on from that because the second book is mm, four, five, six years later mm -hmm. after the first one. So they've grown in that time. Okay. So they're like adults by the second book? Yes. I love a long, complicated, twisty situation <laughs> and that is what this is going to give you. And like I would say the characters are like you hate some of them you hate them a lot and then how they've like dealt with situations is really interesting because not so the first book focuses on maybe like three people the second book is like everyone so you're opening it up to like Froy, our main guy hello and then finnegan and everyone else i'm not gonna say who oh finnegan <laughs> Finnegan, finnegan i had no idea this is where that series went yeah. uh when you first recommended it <laughs> It's interesting because, like, you mentioned, um, would I have read this, if I read this now, what would I have thought about that, right? Because when I initially read it, it didn't even, I mean, it stuck out to me, but not as much as it would if I read it new. Yeah, and that is something about older books, too, or, like, even when I go back and read books that I really, really liked, I'm like, ooh, do I still like this? 
<laughs> and like like everyone in like the characters in this book they do shitty things to each other for a greater means which is later discovered so it's like how i mean the character growth of these people is top notch i mean that's the thing worth it like again even if it's a book that i probably now maybe won't pick up i mean at the end of the day like if you like it if you think it's good if it's something that's worth it what a lovely light-hearted beach read (laughs) truly (laughs) uh not what is your pick my pick is Dark Lover by J.R. Ward, which I'm sure Marina will be delighted by. Um, guys, this book, <laughs> it's the first book in the Black Dagger Brotherhood series, I think. Yep. That's and what it's called. like, yeah, and like, what is, how long is that series? It's like 12 books. Oh, let me check because I got Goodreads right up here to see what I rated this book. It Excellent. has. <laughs> Oh, it keeps going. 19. Book 19 is coming out in 2021. 19? There is no way I am reading 19 books. Okay, this is, let me, let me tell you about this first book. I don't know what the rest are about. I know what this first one is about. This is a paranormal romance um, centering on vampires. I guess like some, I guess like the only purebred vamp, this is what I read, but I'm not even sure that they confirmed this in the book. But Wrath, who's the main dude, is the only purebred vampire left on the planet he's king of the vampires blah 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 and then there's beth the main um protagonist or whatever who is a half vampire and she's about to transform so at the beginning is she horny because she's (laughs) needs to (laughs) here's the thing (laughs) at the beginning of the book you learn wrath's friend darius comes up to him and is like hey do me a favor. I have a daughter I didn't tell you about this whole time. She's like, I don't know how old she is. She's probably like 30 or something or 20. I don't know. Whatever. Age is meaningless in this book. Be 25 because that's when you are at your peak as a female. True, true. And you, I'll tell you how I know that later. <laughs> um, so he's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do anything for her. And he's like, you can't do this for me. I'm your best friend. I've saved your life. And he's like, nah, the transformation process for vampires is too complicated. I don't want to have to babysit some child. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. Okay, whatever. Darius dies. <laughs> He gets blown up in a car bomb, which is so 90s that it felt right. <laughs> like, it was just like, I could feel, you know, when you can see a 90s TV show happening in your head. And I was like, yeah, this is exactly, I'm seeing him go over to his, like, his, like, 96 sedan over there. Just say, or like, like a Jetta or something like that. <laughs> He's getting into the car. <laughs> ignition goes he has enough thoughts when it blows up that he's like oh shit i'm never gonna see my daughter and then he blows up and i'm like okay cool done so wrath feels responsible he takes well he doesn't take in beth he (laughs) goes to find beth the main character and he's like he doesn't even say anything to her he observes beth from a distance who is a journalist by the way really good at her job but she is in a man's world and fucking hates it (laughs) which i'm like yeah good for you beth you tell them and this Mm -hmm. is all by the way in like the first like three chapters this is all happening and then wrath is just observing her from a distance doesn't really know much better he's like wow she is really attractive whatever (laughs) he comes in through her window and the first thing sorry is this twilight vampires (laughs) vampires buffy too those hoes love to come through windows it's ridiculous uh yeah and so like he comes in through the window he's like yeah i'm just gonna casually explain to her who i am and what she 
is. And I'm already laughing at this point, but I did not expect the turn it took. In, in less than two seconds, they both feel a heat <laughs> from within. They make eye contact. She's freaking out. But no, that doesn't matter. I literally, this is how I describe it. It's like she slipped and fell on his dick. That's what happened. It was like there was too much heat in the room. The first thing she said to him was, kiss me. The second thing she said to him was, touch me. And he was like, yeah, okay. He didn't even say a single word. They just fucked and that was it. And, and I Bold was like, move. Yeah. And I was like, upon first meeting, they fucked and that was it. And I was like, I cannot believe this just happened. And this man in the beginning was like, oh, I don't really like women. I'm not really like, I was like, oh, so maybe he's gay. And then I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> don't misunderstand. This man just hasn't found the right woman. But when he saw this beautiful woman, he had to have her. So here's the thing about this book. When you said that you picked it, I was like, okay, let me go like look it up. And at first I thought that it was me because I was reading the synopsis for this first book last night. And it's not long. It's four sentences spread out across two paragraphs. I had to read it like eight times because for whatever reason, none of the information would stick in my brain as like legitimate. Like the synopsis is ridiculous. In the first maybe 12 words, eight of them are things like blood dagger brother, half vampire, full breed. Like it's so much vampire buzzword in one sentence. I could not understand the thread of what was going on. So I thought I would understand more when you explained it. And I feel like the same thing is happening. I feel like everything you've said has immediately spilled out of yeah, my head. It's, it's like I'm it's rejecting the information. Complete nonsense. Like I, I chose this as my pick in that like it's probably the only thing I got through while we were at the pool. <laughs> but I also I gave it okay. I, on Goodreads, I gave it three stars only three. because three. I wanted to give it like maybe a two, like probably like a one and a half. But the thing was, the sex scenes were fine. <laughs> like the sex scenes were good. Is that enough <laughs> to take it up to a three? No. Stephanie <laughs> from 2013 gave it a two. Just, like, so I should bump it down to two is what you're saying. Like the sex scenes were good enough that I was like, all right, I'll read this part. But like, and they weren't like gross. You know what I mean? Like they weren't like Dark Lover I have to talk about because not, it's not even because of like the accident, the acts, I'm saying quote air quotes here, accidental love scene or whatever in the first two chapters. Mostly because of the side characters because I have some problems with all of them. First of all, I tweeted this out. All their names are ridiculous. Ratha is the only one with a normal name. <laughs> it's the only one spelled normally. There's Fury with a PH, which drives me crazy. <laughs> There's <laughs> exactly that's all I'm seeing. And I'm like, I'm I'm so mad about it. Like I'm how is Fury not furious with a PH? Like, fuck this. You you should feel bad for that sentence. So torment spelled T-O-H torment. Oh yeah, there's vicious like I'm glad we're wrapping up a spelling bee. Listen, the most important one is Zadist, spelled Z-S, Zadist. And this is the worst one because I got to read a quote about this vampire man who hates women by the... Wrath openly says he hates women and it's just everyone's okay with it. At the beginning, so one of the main like plot points is that a lot of like prostitutes are being killed on the streets, but they don't know it's by one of their enemies who hunts vap- vampires called Alessa or whatever. They all think it's Zadist because he has been known to want to kill women slash has killed women in the past just because he hates them. 
And this is a thing that's just dropped in the book and nobody, nobody seems to have a problem with it. They're like, you probably shouldn't do that. And he's like, I'm not doing it. But I'm like, but nobody's thinking about, you know, why is he involved in your life if he is doing that or if he has had a past of doing it? Like, it's just, it's so bonkers to me. And this one line I have to read, that Zadist was late was no big surprise. Z was one giant violent fuck you to the world. A walking, sometimes talking, usually cursing SOB who took hatred, especially towards females, to new levels. Fortunately, between his scarred face and his skull-trimmed hair, he looked as scary as he was. So folks tend to get out of the way. Like, that is not okay. Like, I was reading this and I was mad. <laughs> okay, and this is the thing. At, this is not like a huge spoiler, but at the end of the book, he's seen as tender and has a beautiful, angelic voice. And I was like, so has he not been killing females this whole time? I'm saying females again in air quotes. Has he not been killing women this whole time? What? <laughs> are y'all reading I, like why why are why why steph this is a pattern now first of all and okay by the I'm way i'm gonna say this, it this book's average rating on goodreads is over four stars over these four books stars. are so popular that they is are why so I read them. highly rated and i was like excuse me these are women reading this about a man who hates women like i am furious because he they he's gonna get fixed and they they want to fix him and like all that Listen. stuff that they tell you that you're supposed to want because this initially came out like i know the goodreads ratings aren't going to be recent but this is an older book right for there to be 19 of them oh yeah this is it came out in two, is it 2005 yeah yeah oh my god that's so much more new than i thought it was i thought it was from the I 90s know. god this book like i it made me you know what? i'm gonna put it down to two stars no maybe i'm gonna put it down to one star just for, yeah i can't it's, believe like this is how this has such a good rating because you walked there and you were like oh but i guess the sex was fine and you gave it a three and now this has an over four star overall rating y'all we need to expect better <laughs> I just, like, I could not believe that one line. Like, that one line really, it really shook me to my core. And but, like, that was what people wanted to read. They wanted to read about a tormented man who, for one woman, changed his whole life. Like, that is what... I like you say people, also you tormented, you? but he didn't kill people over him. <laughs> like, he wasn't like, I hate women, I'm gonna kill them all. Like, Wrath was tormented, but, like, I mean... If we talk about Wrath's journey, he was like, I'm a brooding male. I don't want a woman. But he changed within, like, two minutes. So, like... That's, <laughs> the fantasy is changing these, like, hard, dark men into, like, okay, soft there's, people. There's no way you're going to go up to an actual sadist who kills women. I'm not saying this is I'm gonna true change. life. <laughs> if this is the fantasy. I'm putting in quotes it's here. a dangerous also, fantasy. I do believe that there are women that are probably currently married to actual sadists thinking like, yeah, I will be the one that changes him. I'm not because saying this is right. Like this I'm not saying this is right. Like, a guy's life imitating art, imitating life, like, it's a vicious cycle. The more it happens in real life, the more it happens in books, the more it happens in real life. But, like, okay, so this fantasy time 2005 you had this series you had Sherilyn Kenyon you had Cresley Cole all of these huge huge paranormal fantasy series were coming out all in the same like archetype of this strong supernatural man falling for these human women and, and changing for them only and like that is what the women were into and I don't know I mean I think it's changed what do you guys think this has changed yes and no to a point I mean, i'd have to read her newest book to know truly and i don't think i can do that 
I'm this is when this is when hello friends this is when you read a Cresley Cole immortals after Dark. their books came out at the same time listen if there's a man in there who loves to kill women i am not reading he does not book. no 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 none of them love to <laughs> kill women i think this is the superior of the paranormal rom- paranormal romance series is immortals after dark there's all there's also i'm just gonna get you the book count here because <laughs> i don't wanna it's disgusting it's disgusting so her book came out the first book came out in 20 2006 and there are 17 books out we're waiting for the 18th book there's something so interesting to me about in terms of what you were talking about Steph in like like I'll read a romance I certainly like them like I, I do have an appreciation for them I feel like the romance that I read has a little bit less of this kind of stuff and maybe because a lot of it is contemporary and I think contemporary romance has a little bit more of a love letter to like actively like aware of the concept of toxic masculinity in men like I just finished reading Take a Hint Annie Brown so like that is like the exact complete 1000% opposite of everything you're talking about but I can see how in a paranormal romance this like alpha male he's an alpha for everyone else and when we're in bed but in our relationship he listens like he listens to me, I'm going to change him kind of thing. That seems like, as just like kind of looking around, that seems like it's something that still exists pretty heavily. I want more paranormal romances. And like, if you romances. like it, you like it, whatever. I want more paranormal romances that are just like, two witches fucking. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I would love some FF paranormal romance. I know that there's definitely a lot of like MM and that's You know what, like, okay. Pretty- those, those kind of books, like those stories, they, if you read these series, you'll see characters kind of set up to like, fulfill the like male male romance or like the female female but then all you can tell the publisher said no no that's not possible and then they're all yeah and then they're all heterosexual you can tell the Cressy Cole only put out her first male male romance in 2017 but she had to self-publish it but these publishers but the publishers like they were like no one's gonna read this so that is why you have all these heterosexual couples for a series that is 17 books long but you can see where they tried to change it up and like just to see the progression of like this 17 book series to where she is now is like you can tell like her like what is her clout in her writing comes through when she's like no no we're not going to change that imagine a series with 17 straight couples that's 34 heteros in one group of people that's too many that's absurd (laughs) christina if you could get past the heterosexual you would be into (laughs) critical Because, I don't know because, that I could read 17 of them, but I could read a couple. The, the, the fascinating thing about Critical is this 17 book series is so well written that everything that happened in book one, you can trace back to the, the most latest book. Like, that is incredible you know, to think about. You know what I'm picturing with you, Steph? I'm just picturing like a bunch of like Cressicles pinned up. And you know that GIF from that whatever show? You know, that conspiracy. Was? <laughs> the conspiracy murder book. <laughs> That's it. Like that's it. Like, it all connects. Like something happening in book three gets brought up again in book fifteen. Like that is crazy. You're literally sitting there mapping out, and I love it for you. And like no, every it's... and every six books, she takes the series to the next level in a certain way. And like to think that you could do that for a seventy book series is actually wild. <laughs> you think i'm full of shit but it's no, true no, it's just, it's no i love how much you love it guys like hello 
you you need to try it out you know what we clearly have such strong feelings about romance books we should do something with that all right i am done talking about christina <laughs> all right christina what was your poolside pick all right. Well, Jesus Christ, I didn't think that I would have the most lighthearted thing to talk about out of the whole mess that we've been in here. What did because we know? I, of, I actually didn't pick a book for this, but the book that I read, which is a very like lighthearted, lovely YA, even though murder was involved, it somehow wasn't anywhere near the mess you guys got here. But today I'm going to talk about a TV show because we did strap in for the night. Uh, to watch a ton of different TV shows and movies and literally every single thing we watched over the course of this week was fucking garbage whether it was supposed to be or not we just ended up watching a bunch of really boring not good shit but there is one that I have to talk about because it goes with the theme of poolside picks and somehow is like I think actually the only one that's very fitting for a poolside pick and that is the Netflix original million dollar beach house we need to talk about this because I have, I am going to take you on a little journey as we go through the story of Million Dollar Beach House, y'all. Now, first of all, if you don't know anything about it, it is basically like Selling Sunset if it was all about dudes and thus incredibly boring because who could care this much about a group of mostly white men? Absolutely no one. Uh, and I'm going to make a lot of Selling Sunset references, so I hope you have watched that because I did watch both of them. And while I actually dislike both of them, I managed to sit through Selling Sunset. By the end of three seasons of Selling Sunset, I was invested in these people I genuinely hated. I have no investment in the people in Million Dollar Beach House. They are all the worst. So we'll start off with the owner. So the, the like real estate place for, for Million Dollar Beach House is in the Hamptons. Uh, the company is called Nest Seekers because it's also fucking terrible. And the owner is this guy named Jimmy, who is, if you crossed like a stone gargoyle with a troll doll with like a glass of room temperature milk, like that is who he comes across as a person. He is in the show just to be a face. Like he has no personality to speak of whatsoever. And I don't think he understands what a reality show is. After like Jimmy is the owner, you have these two new agents who are very much the like Chriselle, like their personalities aren't this, but they're the Chriselle and Davina of Million Dollar uh, Beach House where they're brought in specifically to make a show with drama. Um, Peggy, who is the only woman on the show is a New York real estate agent. And she seems to be the only person aware how both reality shows and real estate actually work. No one else seems to have an understanding of how to sell a home, even though presumably they are all agents. Because when you listen to them talk about these gorgeous houses, they do not talk about them with regards to anything you would want to know when you were buying a house. It made me so angry the whole time we were watching. They would talk about random shit and I'd be like, can you just talk about the fucking house? Like, why can't you answer basic questions? But Peggy clearly is actually a real estate agent outside of the show but also just like wanted to be in a reality show uh the other like new person on the team is noel who is the only black person on the show out of every single person on the show background characters including except for his twin brother who for some reason pops in occasionally just to sort of remind you that no one else on the show has any sense of style whatsoever and that he's big in korea because he's also a K-drama actor. And it's so funny, if you look up the IMDb for Million Dollar <laughs> Beach House, there's one actor listed, and it's Joel, 
or Joel, sorry, because he's the only person who actually has an IMDb because he's been in other stuff. I want to watch his you... shit. <laughs> so when I looked at it, aside from like one thing, he's in like a single episode with like nameless uh, <laughs> characters. So he's like a side actor in Korea, but he dresses nice. So like visually, he was the most interesting person to watch on the show. Everyone else dressed like the backdrop of the Hamptons. It was like... He was the most likable, like arguably even compared to his brother. Oh, one million percent. Noel is not a likable person. Like, here's the thing. Noel is a pompous ass. And like, he deals with things on the show that are not fair and are very racial. And like, we'll get into that. But his brother seemed like a genuinely like interesting person. And I wish we could have spent more time with him. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure Joel is only on the show because there are twins in Selling Sunset. And they were like, oh, you have a twin? <laughs> Let's bring them on. <laughs> and that way they both got paid. You know what I mean? It is wild. And throughout the show, the only drama and like quotes around drama, because it's not that interesting, it's takes place between Peggy and Noel. They're the only two people who have any real drama with each other. Um, and it's it's so weird. Like, while these three main white guys just hang out, have fun, make love with each other, we'll get into that, and discuss, like, genuine career shit, literally as a Hail Mary in the fifth out of only six episodes, they have to bring in another basic white girl who you have never seen or heard from before just to get some kind of, like, drama that you would expect from your reality tv like there's this whole big scene peggy's like you're the fakest bitch i've ever known you're talking about me behind my back it's all like your classic white girl reality show drama but it's said to a person we have never seen before now like what low stakes are this (laughs) and it was so boring it was so boring (laughs) like i was reading um an article i think it was like the cut or something and they were like Mm-hmm. Million Dollar Beach House is the bleakest, TV, the bleakest, the bleakest show on television ever, and it's like, yeah, because like there's like you want to escape into those homes, but like all you get is this stupid drama. First of all, nobody sells a single house on that show other than the owner or the owner of the whatever the company. But he also like let's be clear about that he doesn't sell a house on the show. He just says that he sold a house, so you don't see any houses that are sold. You don't know of it. You just yeah. see a bunch of. I will say one thing that they do uh, I prefer overselling Sunset is there's a lot more shots of the home itself, but they clearly had to pad their airtime because sometimes you see the same shots over and over again when they go back to that same house. And at a certain point, I'm like, can, can you just do anything? Can you sell a fucking home? Do any of you know how? And I'm just but not yeah, like, where you want to like escape where I feel like Selling Sunset does that better. Like even though there's drama on the show, it's more like, eh, you know, like it's more like airy drama versus like this is more like, oh, there's like a white boys club versus like nobody really likes Noel. And, and that was the whole thing. There was one thing I think to talk about, I'm going to skip over some of my stuff, is that Peggy and Noel go through so many microaggressions on this show. They are constantly being condescended to. Um, Even though Noel, again, he's an ass. Like, we're not going to pretend this. The character he's portraying, whether it's his personality or not, is of a dick. The things that are said about him and to him are one million percent racial in nature. But the show is not smart enough or is not made by people smart enough to understand what is going on. And so you're left with just like this really gross feeling. 
every time they talk about him. Like one scene I really hate is Noel, traditionally his name is pronounced Noel. It's spelled the way you would spell Noel, um, but him and his brother are Noel and Joel. And, you know, you kind of get this idea in a little bit that they're on screen together, that they've had to be very similar their entire lives. And in becoming a real estate agent or becoming like an actor, whatever Noel is trying to do, he's decided to stop going by Noel and he wants to go by Noel. And there's lots of reasons he might choose to do that. But he has clearly stated that his name is Noel and that's what he would like to go by. But when his brother comes in to, in this like very manufactured scene and his brother says that his name is pronounced Joel, they double down on another character who we'll talk about later, Michael, like full free or Fulf. They double down on him being really insulting about how Joel, how Noel pronounces his name and being like, is it Noel? Is it Noel? I have no idea how to pronounce it. Like literally, if you just pronounced it the way that you think it's spelt and pronounced, you would be honoring the way this man wants his name pronounced. So you're being a dick for no reason. And then they like, force him in that scene to be like, is it Noel or Noel? Go by Noel. It's so much nicer. And like, it was so uncomfortable to watch these five white people gang up on this one black man about how he chooses to pronounce his name in the fucking Hamptons. Like if he wants to go by, go by Noel because it's a whiter version of his name, let him live. You are not the people that get to tell him how he pronounces his name. And it was so uncomfortable. And the show has no concept of what it's doing whatsoever because it, it puts that out there and it's like, yeah, it's fine. It's just a scene. All of this is to come back to a story, okay? Because there is there are only two interesting takes about Million Dollar Beach House. It is the overt sexism and racism that are directed at Peggy and Noel. Like that should be talked about. But also there is a love story that An we need unrequited love so story. Me, is it yeah. though? I don't, yeah, unrequited mm. is but let me, let me, let me lay up a scene for you because we haven't talked too much about Falf, who is Michael Falfrey and he goes by Falf and I feel like that's the only name he deserves to go by. Wait, sorry. His middle name, according to this cut article is I carried my child in my balls for 30 years, Falfrey. Yes. So Falf and JB. So let me spin you a little yarn. So Michael Falfrey is, you know, if steroids and cocaine were a person, were like a man, that's who he is. Uh, what we know about him amounts to approximately three things. One, his wife is pregnant. Two, his desire to be liked is so strong that I wanted to bully him through the TV. I immediately was like, no, you, you probably should get punched more. And three, he is one million percent having an affair with his best friend, JB. Michael and I have been best friends since high school. <laughs> I would have you there, bro. Agree. Yeah, I felt that sexual. The, the first time you see those two meet up, after like I'm so happy we're working together, that sexual tension was palpable. Yeah. I felt it in my bones. Cause, bros, this is this is JB's story. JB and Falf were friends in high school, and let's be clear, they were fucking. They were fucking at that time. Falf, like they show pictures, he's a little bit chubby. Like they act like he was some like massive fat kid. Like it's very like football player. We talk about it. Yeah, he was a football player. He was like a little chunky. But they were clearly in love as high school students. They were together, and then JB leaves the Hamptons. He leaves New York for greener passion. I think he goes to LA or something, and he leaves behind his chunky boyfriend and Michael in devastation loses the weight 
loses any kind of personality he might have. He gains muscle and he becomes a model. And they make sure that you know that because they show his model pictures. And he tells you all of the agencies that he's worked for. So now you have Fulf, who is personalityless and has the intense gaze of someone who is like just on the precipice of murdering you. Okay. But also, just so you know, he has a wife. He has, a, his wife is pregnant. He needs you to know that he inseminated his wife. He needs to make sure that you know that he had sex with a female woman every single scene that he is in. And JB, after, you know what? LA didn't work out for him. He, he still thinks about Michael. He still thinks about Fulf. He decides to come back to the last good thing he knew, which was when his chunky high school boyfriend used to fucking give him hand jobs uh, in the locker room of their football games. But now Fulf is a fully realized man with no personality, with a wife. And so clearly there's tension. He doesn't know, JB doesn't know how to be a person anymore when he doesn't have chunky little Fulf following her around as his boyfriend but at the same time they're clearly still in love there's clearly a connection that they cannot get away from the the arm touches the skateboarding next to each other the lounging poolside the pining faces the pining listen everything i have just said is substance is subtext of course but Watch this show and tell me that I'm wrong about any one of these points. I think, like, the most indicating point is when Fall finally has a child that he's talking about. And JB looks at the image of him. And he's in his face. You can see, oh, I really resented this child. But now, now I'm like, we can make a life together. This is our child. We can be a family. Let's be clear. Season two. (laughs) Season two is JB trying to become that child's second dad. Like, that is what is going to, that, like, that's what he wants. And you can see it. He suddenly, he, 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 like, goes from always being a little bit salty whenever this kid and this wife is brought up to a moment of, no, this is also my son. So while I am not sure if they are currently still fucking or it's a modern unresolved that will eventually resolve itself because the tension was there, friends. It was there. Uh, they have one million percent fucked in the past. We all picked up on it. I just want to say, I think everyone, we were all thinking the same thing and then we just talked about it out loud. There was just like, as soon as you saw JB and both talking to each other, I was like, oh. You knew. Their faces were so close during conversations that I was just like, just kiss. Just And like, the, the, and this is where like the whiteness of the show also comes into place because the show does have this very like white dudes against everyone else in the office. Jimmy, Falf, and JB are together significantly, especially Falf and JB. They are constantly hanging out both for work and for personal. And so like they gang up on everyone else a little bit, except for one time where JB has a slightly differing opinion to Falf. And like you immediately there's tension in the air. And this show doesn't know what it has because it doesn't sit with that tension. Like, it doesn't know that, like, this is the story that would make this an interesting fucking so good. Like, that moment where where JB takes Falf aside outside, I was like, oh, shit, things are gonna go down. And then you're like, nope, never mind. Yeah, because it's so interesting. You could have such an interesting tension with, like, JB wanting to leave the, the, um, the, like, real estate. And I think, 
like assuming that storyline is not built in purely for like reality tv perhaps he's getting a little too sick of being with Falf and like being so close but so far and like constantly hearing about the kid that he's not a part of its life you know what i mean i think he's trying to distance himself from the pain of seeing how Falf has become almost a fully realized person in his absence and then you think there's going to be tension because Falf is the one that brought jb into the agency he tells him like you just have to put work into it like jimmy's a good connect for you to have do it but the moment jb is like i might want to go out on my own Falf is like he gasses him up he's so in love with him he's like you know what do it anything you want you think you can do you can do it bro you can do it you can go out there and people will buy houses from you left right and center this man's been in real estate for six months he sold zero dollars and they talk quite a bit about the fact that like real estate in the hamptons only exists for like two months because outside the summer people don't buy anything you should be showing the tension you should be counting down the days of summer exactly so this show i'm angry because it didn't know what it had it didn't know what it could have done we, you know, we were left with so much plot holes to fill in regards to the Michael Fulfree and uh, JB love story, even though, again, I don't know his wife's name, but I know how pregnant she was. So, like, what the hell is wrong with this man? Um, I think that Noel was a mistake. I think, I do believe you needed to add diversity to the show. I think that Noel's character is not good (laughs) like he's too much of a a jerk and like he keeps starting drama but he refuses to acknowledge the drama he starts but instead of being good about it in a Davina way or like a Christine way where they're openly hostile he just lies about absolutely everything and so he like doesn't look bad on camera but it, it makes for just not interesting TV. Like, he just ended up not being someone interesting to watch. I cared way more about his relationship with his brother. Like, I would have watched the fuck out of that. And that's why this show is crazy. The show needed to understand that Noel is not the villain. Michael Fulfrey is the villain of the show. And they needed to paint him that way. But they also needed to give him, like, again, he's the villain. JB should have been the hero, air quotes, of the show. They don't know how to do that. But think about their unrequited love story then. Guys, like, they didn't understand. JB should be Chriselle. They don't know what they're doing. Here's something I think you guys are going to find extremely, extremely uh, happiness will come to you when you learn this. I'm, I'm on their Instagrams. I'm looking at their Instagram account. This show's been out for a week. It should be a lot, right? You would suspect that their Instagram followers would be up. We have JB. Unrequited love, pining for him. He's at 21,000 followers. Then we have Full Free. You want to know what his account is? 9,000. <laughs> that Lower. to me, he's the guy who when you go into a party, he needs to be the center of attention. This 9,000 account is killing him. I can see it. I can oh, yeah. feel it. I can yeah. feel it. You know why? Because in the last six photos he posted, it's a model shot of him in his Dolce & Gabbana underwear. <laughs> this has taken so long. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up so that we can head out, but these were our poolside picks. As a reminder, mine was Million Dollar Beach House. You can find it on Netflix. Mine is Dark Lover by J.R. Ward. Don't look it up. It's fine. Mine is The Lumetaire Chronicles by Melina Marchetta, and the first book is Finnegan of the Rock. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode. Uh, we recommend if this is the first time you're listening to us, go check out some of our older ones. For some reason, our murder ones are always super popular. So we really recommend My Favorite Fake Murder and My Favorite True Crime. 
Thanks so much for listening and bye. 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 I'm ready. No, wait. I need to see your faces. There we go. You couldn't see us? <gasps> the audacity. Oh my God. Should I look beautiful for you then? Hold on. Should I turn on my ring light? Oh my God. I looked fucking gorgeous in my meetings yesterday. FYI. <laughs>